UCR, what's your favorite scary movie? Hello out there to all of our uncensored horror besties. It is us back, back, back again and ready to get a little bit creepy on your asses. Doing something a little bit different this week. It's um totally radical. Totally radical. We're, we're skipping way back in time uh, for the story. But uh, have we done a horror comedy before? An intentional horror comedy? I don't you think happy so. Sorry? Did we do Happy Duck Day? No, we haven't. So this is new territory. I mean, mean, Scream, but... Yeah, but this... uh, I think that was meta. That's meta. This is um, some intentional comedy here, let's put it that way. This is campy, uh, yeah. Yeah. uh, Katie and I are here to camp it up in the 80s, and we're, we're going to take you with us on a little journey to review a movie that only came out last year. I don't know if we kind of have had this one on the back burner, but today we are going to discuss My Best Friend's Exorcism. Is that, that's September one. Well, that's nearly a year. Wow, okay. I mean, we're it's pretty excited whole- about this one, you know, because uh, our pal, Grady Hendrix. Correct. If you are... If you are a viewer of Uncensored Radio, you know that uh, the Halloween before, it's that long ago that we spoke to Grady. We had a very lengthy conversation with the one and only author, Grady Hendrix, and he told us all about, uh, we discussed the book, My Best Friend's Exorcism, and the film was in production and it just wrapped at that point. So since then, Grady's, this film has come out, Greatest release another book. There's a whole heap of other things. So we might try and catch up with Mr. Hendricks again if we get the chance. But we have to kind of, yeah, jump into this one because this is the first book adaptation that he has, uh, you know, that, that has come out on the big screen. He did do some writing on another movie, but this is the first book. Now, Katie, you're a Grady Hendricks reader, aren't you? freaking love Grady Hendrix. I was so disappointed I had to miss out on that interview. I was heartbroken. I love (laughs) Grady Hendrix. He's one of my favorite authors. I am knee deep in his new book, uh, How to Sell a Haunted House. And uh, (laughs) it's it's making me a little antsy in the pantsy, okay? Because your girl don't like uh, this certain type of spooky things. So Very nice. Nice cover. I, thought I don't want to give break. too much away. Nope, yeah, I don't want to give too much away. Something. I was like, no, I can't do it. Nope, no spoilers here on the book. No Maybe spoilers later. No spoilers on the book. There will be spoilers on the book and on the movie for this one, though. So, as always, if you have not seen or read My Best Friend's Exorcism and you want to, uh, please pause the podcast and come back to join the conversation because we don't want to spoil anything because it's a nice little fun ride. Um, I, so fun. I obviously read the book first when, when I knew that we were going to, oh, well, actually not even when I knew, when I had the thought of possibly, uh, you know, interviewing Grady and I reached out to him, I started to read his books and then when we got the deadline, I was like, okay, so I managed to smash through every one of his horror books up until Final Girl Support Group. And I finished that literally two days before the interview. So I got through all of them. And um, this one is, yeah, this one's a very interesting little throwback moment uh, for anyone who lived in, survived, or knows of the real 80s. This kind of uh, has that feeling. It's not as performative, I guess, as some movies would have the 80s. There's, not everything's neon and, you know, it's not the, the party city 80s. This is probably no, a little bit to reality. Realistic. <laughs> what is your more. favourite Grady book? I really actually like 
all of them. I have a bit of affinity for We Sold Our Souls, which is probably, as Grady said, his, one of his less successful novels off the back of something like Horror Store, which was huge. Um, but We Sold Our Souls was actually a really interesting look at what people do for fame and, uh, you know, the life of, as I said to Grady, every character that he writes, he seems to really be able to flesh out their world. He, as someone who has, you know, performed in bands and has been a performer, he writes that very, very well. And he seems to write teenage girl friendships quite well. I'm like... I was going to say, as a male writer, he does the female voice very well. I mean, there are some parts where it's like, yeah, this is definitely a man writing the book. Yeah. But for the most part, he does a pretty good job with the female narrator voice. I think it's pretty good. And you notice that most of his books have a female narrator. I kind of like that. We have very strong female leads, and I think he's he's been a fan of the paperback, you know, horror fiction for since childhood. So he has an affinity for the strong female lead as well. Uh, did you read the book first, or did you watch the movie first? I read the book first. Yep. Um, before I even knew the movie was coming out, I was reading his books because, like I said, one of my favorite authors. I really, really love Grady Hendrix. Um, when I heard the movie was coming out, I think I was finishing up. Um, was I? Fin- I think you and I were trying to read a final, final girl support group together. <laughs> I blazed ahead. I'm like, I gotta finish it. <laughs> you did. You, you read ahead, and then. Um, Thank you, Audible. <laughs> right. Right. I, I think they're gonna adapt another one of his. Or uh, is it Southern Vampires? Everything. Well, every movie, sorry, every book that he currently has out, horror book, has some kind of adaption attached to it. Well, that as of when we were talking. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Horror Store was meant to be a movie. Uh, then it was meant to be a TV show. Now they're looking at it as a movie again. Um, there is an option on We Sold Our Souls, but I don't know what's going on with that. Obviously, this one is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've... The Southern Book Club's Guide to Vampire Hunting is yeah. going ahead as a TV series. I think Charlize Theron is executive producing that one, so that one's nice. going to be good. That yeah, one I so, think will be really interesting to put yeah, that onto one the, the big screen. The good um, True Blood kind of, you know, Southern. It's definitely got some uh, Southern Vampire True Blood vibes, that's for sure. Definitely. Different time period, but yeah. pretty good. But anyway. Look, there's plenty of grading to come, but let's let's jump into this because you know it's it's it only came out last. It's, oh, I can't believe it was only last year. Like it feels like ages ago, but we are solidly in 1998 uh, 1988. Sorry, 88. not 1988. 1988, and we are diving into the world of sophomore high school and two <laughs> longtime friends, Abby and Gretchen. Now, I'm not going to be very nice at some points to some people in the cast, but you know, I I had to laugh. Me. You tell I have, me. <laughs> I, have, I have to laugh. I mean, this is probably not what you were going to rip into, but I, I have to laugh every time I watch this and they mention, um, when are you going to marry boy George, yeah, like, girl. move into the guest house? Like, oh, honey. <laughs> well, that was the point. In the 80s, we weren't sure. You know, we weren't sure what was happening. If you weren't sure, then you weren't paying attention because that is uh, <laughs> glaringly obvious. But anyways. Look. I will give them I'll give them props. They actually do look like passable teenagers. These ones, these two. They do. They do look like pa- most of the ca- most, most of the cast. Of the cast. Not <laughs> all of them. I'd have Not to say. All of the, cast, yeah. the two main characters definitely pass as teenagers. Yeah. And the book and the movie, I think the book more so really hones in on their reflect uh, their reflective friendship. So uh, Gretchen is, you know, pretty much the queen bee. She's um, she's the the good girl. She has very strictly religious parents, 
and Abby comes from the wrong side of the tracks. They don't really play that up that much in the movie, but in the book, um, in the Abby's, book, fam yeah. Ab Abby's family are quite poor. And I actually think Abby's mother's in the book, is she? Just Abby she just is. Having oh, okay. She, I thought she Abby is. Just had she's, um, she's not around as often. But oh, that's right. They do have a fight. They have a fight. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and because she's always working. Because yeah. uh, dad's not working. Dad's and not working. In the book, at I, least. I mean, I, I think that's what they try to kind of portray here in the movie that dad. Yeah, that uh, doesn't really I, that doesn't really translate, does it? In this, no, in the, it just kind of looks like. And you know what I thought was kind of funny was him uh, passed out in his chair in the morning, and what you think is a beer can is actually a Dr Pepper can. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say about this adaption. It feels very PG thirteen. It's very, very tame compared it's to very what tame was in the book. To the book. The book is a lot darker. Scarier. Darker. And just I think the intention, like the the character interactions are a little bit dark, especially later on in the book when things get obviously a bit more supernatural. Um, I, things get darker. I was before, kind of disappointed yeah. that they um, kind of half-assed. Uh, yeah, look. Look, I think, and I think the important thing for us to realise is this is one of those cases where you have read the book first and you're hoping that everything that you've imagined and that you've put together in your brain, like, yeah, it's onto screen. Uh, I think for people that want a bit more of the idea of of the vibe of this film that could have been, if you look at Jennifer's body... I'd say Jennifer's, Jennifer's body, body was more outwardly comedic as well, but it was a little bit darker. You know what I mean? It was a bit more a whole animal. lot darker. I'd say this is like Jennifer's body light. It's just like Jennifer's little sister. <laughs> Jennifer's little sister. Yeah. And, this this is past Jennifer's yeah. body is goth and this is pastel goth. Yeah, this is this is pastel. My little pony goth, you know. But it's, it's, fun it's a lot of fun and i think if you didn't read the book you'd go in and think wow this is just like a fun campy movie and you wouldn't yeah. know the details of it but, right, even so know, but even knowing the details it still was pretty true to the plot yeah it is the plot is definitely there and what i liked about the book and what i think this movie actually gets right is that kind of desperation of later in high school friendship when you know that things are le like things are changing and things are going to end so mm -hmm. gretchen is is going to move she's moving two states away so this mm -hmm. is kind of their last hurrah together they're spending as much time as they can together and you really get that at the end of the book that you know um friendships and certain times of their life are chapters i feel like that the movie kind of captures it that this is very there's a, there's a, like a quiet desperation there that that we don't really see in teen movies that you know everyone gets a happy ever after and they're best friends forever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that doesn't happen, you know. We right. we uh, you don't always get the happy ending. So they're dealing with that, and that they've been best friends for a long time. They do have two other friends, Margaret and Glee. Now. They did Glee uh, so dirty. <laughs> Margaret is not a teenager. <laughs> no, Margaret is not a teenager. And, and neither is Glee. And that wig just makes it so much worse. <laughs> and yeah, look, interesting choices there. There's some interesting choices made. But they we set them up in this kind of late 80s post-Satanic panic moment where, like, we're still worried about the uh, the like satanic outbreak and whatnot, but it's not so much people sacrificing children. The worst thing they can do in this world is drink, do drugs, and have sex. So we are still very much in that eighties movie, you know, trio of of complete sin. That's the sin, really. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, this is the world they're they're existing in, even to the point where Gretchen's dad is trying to learn to sell real estate in a godly way via audio tape. Like it's very solidly eighties there, where TV evangelism was 
really prom like I I remember waking up in the morning and it'd be on TV and like mm. you know it's if you were alive at that time you know <laughs> you know you can smell it it's like oh radio really, cool I really enjoyed the uh, inclusiveness of the friends group I like that it wasn't just a bunch of white teenagers in the suburbs <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and that's relatable because it's not and friend groups are diverse and they're different and and the relationships are complicated and rocky. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to be a teenage girl again. I know. It just reminds me of like, oh, teenage. Yeah, it's just, yeah. And everyone say hi to my pussy. <laughs> Katie's pussy's out again. <laughs> Always running wild. But what I think they kind of undersell slash don't give us is the angst and the outsiderness in Abby's character. In the book, Abby's character, and they do mention it, but they don't really show it. Abby's character has a, a bad skin issues. Mm -hmm. She is poorer than everyone else. Like, she's on scholarship. But she doesn't look outwardly any different to the other girls, which I think that does a little bit of a disservice to that character because I would assume if I wasn't paying attention at the beginning of the movie, that she was just a, another friend, that, that she wasn't, you know, poor and going to this school and on scholarship right. and she was, like, in desperate times. Yeah, I mean, they don't yeah. really... They don't address it. Like, she makes comments like, oh, uh, Gretchen's mom's hamburgers don't need a helper. It's like... Yeah. That's, that, that is not necessarily an indication of lower class. No. It's not. And no. Having a crappy car as a teenager is also not an indication of being a lower class family. I mean, I had a crappy car and I wouldn't say I was poor. I wouldn't say I was necessarily Gretchen status, but like I wouldn't say we were in dire straits like they're trying to make Abby out to be. Yeah, look, I think that that would have helped a little bit with why Gretchen's parents look down on Abby so much. And you could, yeah. from their first interaction, they're like, oh, this girl. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this. That comment about washing your feet before you put them up on the freaking furniture, <laughs> oh, oh, like, you bitch. Yeah, that's just a, that's a bitch move. That is a bitch move. So we go to a highly religious school. Um, Abby has a bit of a crush on one of the the teachers who is a brother, and there is, you know, nuns. Brother Morgan. Like, brother yeah, Morgan. He, oh, he's a babe. He's a, he's a babe. He I looks like it. a child, though. He looks like closer to a teenager than um, some of the teenagers. Are like, <laughs> he oh. does look a lot younger than his students. That is true. He does. But we have that. You have that in high school when you get that hot young teacher. You're like, what? <laughs> okay. He's so, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's okay. He's he, okay. He's all right. He's all right. And we also, what about Wallace? What? So Wallace Stoney is Margaret's boyfriend. Clearly not he, a teenager. <laughs> de again, definitely not a teenager, but does do the prototypical um, high school jock douche very yeah, well. He's very good. Very much a douche. He's very good. That that guy did did good job. Good job on casting him. He tick, tick, he played his role well. He uh he, he screwed up uh in the movie because he calls um he calls his girlfriend fuck bay and. No one was using the word bay back yeah. in the 80s. Was it so. bay or bag? Because fuck bag's very... <laughs> I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I didn't look. He I didn't know. No, he says fuck bay. Oh, and okay. So bay was was, a bit... And I do not recall, and granted my time in the 80s were... I was limited. a lot younger. Yeah, we and were limited. Yeah, yeah, it was quite limited, but I do not remember hearing bay. And no, I don't remember but... hearing bay in the 90s either. I right now well i remember in the late 90s because like there was a janine garofalo stand-up comedy thing about people calling their dogs bay bay so really it, it, yeah right. it, it's probably you know let's etymology of words we're going we're going back to university now but um look that's okay he's a douchebag um and i get the idea and you strongly get the idea in the book that he is looking to stick his wick in anything, 
basically. Yep. A teenage boy. He's a teenage boy. A huge surprise. Yep. And we, yeah, we get the idea that, you know, the televangelism, tele, oh, tele-evangelism, that's really hard to say sometimes, mm-hmm. is strong. Uh, we see the Lemon Brothers on TV. Uh, you know? That's got to be my favourite part of this movie is the Lemon Brothers. They did those it's guys like, so Yeah, it's like a weird, it's like a weird WWE meets evangelical Christian moment. <laughs> it's, it's good. And I think what is interesting, and you, it's described in the book, basically, that Christian is the lesser Lemon brother. But when you yeah. see it, like when you see them portray him on camera, it's just yeah. so funny because, you know, they've got the Those brothers all like ranging in strength and muscle mass. And it's just so funny. Like that one's definitely Christian. <laughs> like, yeah. like you know from like the jump, like there he is. Visually, like yeah, we get it. That's him. The runt. We get it. We get it. So as a celebration, is what like one of their last nights of freedom slash excitement. Decided that they're going to go out to Margaret's parents' lake house, as you do. As you do, and you know, as you, you do, and you listen to Tiffany. Tiffany. Now, uh, look, if we were ever in doubt as to where the money went <laughs> on this production, they would have paid a mozza for some of these songs. They mm-hmm. like, as soon as we start out, it sets you in the 80s. The, the music is key. Like, it, the music's like tick. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Do you know what, actually, it just came to mind. Do you know what movie this puts me in mind of? Hmm. The Babysitter. On Netflix. Like, oh yeah, I could totally see that. Absolutely, the music, that, that was a great like, one. The music too. really helps, like helps push it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that they could have probably lent into that a little bit more uh, yeah. when it comes to it, because it seems like they want to push. They want to do the scary stuff, but they want to do it in a way that is not dark. Like the girls, as they do, they're teenage girls. What do you do at a sleepover? Oh, you eat pizza, you talk about people's boyfriends, you talk about how fat you are, etc. etc. And then of course the Ouija board. Right. The Ouija board. They because across the lake from Margaret's parents' house, there is now this was the point of um what the that I kind of hit in the book. The, the, the house across the lake, that will, it's a shack across the lake, right? Yeah, it's this is like an abandoned, like, industrial building. A girl, was, a girl was, was apparently sacrificed. That was the town rumour, that she was sacrificed yeah. to the I devil. Little, and I was a little disappointed that they didn't spend a little more time on the backstory of the house. Because that's yeah. really what makes it so creepy and so eerie and why well, you don't want to go in there and you don't want to get stuck in there. I mean, There's yeah, a big it's, turn, yeah. A big it's turn in looking. the book there as well. Like, that's a big turning point in the book. Absolutely. That mm-hmm. And I think it was undersold. But anyway. Absolutely. They, they get on the Ouija board and it starts to spell out something before <gasps> something's alive, something's in the closet. So we check it out. And, of course, it's just Wallace being a douchebag. Mm-hmm. And you know, the douchebaggery continues as unbeknownst to the girls and Wallace the Ouija board continues to spell out the word mine as it is, you know, unnoticed. But mm-hmm. to aid their celebration, they decide to partake in a little LSD, which is a cute little owl. Cute little owls. I'm like, oh, they don't look like they'd harm it. It looks like the scholastic owl, actually. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to sell you a book. Now you're going to trip balls. So they all trip balls, well, attempt to trip balls and go for a bit of a skinny dip, except for Abby, who obviously mm-hmm. doesn't want to get wet too because of her makeup will come off, et cetera, et cetera. Someone and, didn't teach her about a good setting spray. Right. Well, uh, it was the 80s. You never know. So we see it's, I guess, the pack mentality of teenage girls where um, – Margaret makes a comment about the acne, the, this apparent horrible acne that Abby has, which, you know, isn't really obvious to anyone. I was going to say, no one ever sees this acne. 
And oh, you kind of see it a little bit later on, but I'm like, I needed yeah. to see that earlier. Yeah, and well, it's a huge focal point in the book. Like, it's just yeah. it's debilitating to her. Like, if anything, is... like it should have that should have been the first scene when they were talking on the phone. She should have been putting makeup on. Yeah, well, she right? was, but it didn't like show uh, any of no. like the acne cover yeah. getting covered up. It just shows her like putting on makeup. But it should have been like bare face. We see the acne. Yeah. She go, puts on, then goes out into the world. You know, that's yep. what it should have been. Like, that's yeah. exactly what it should have been because that's basically what the book was. It talked about her like spending really solid chunk of time putting on makeup because Every the acne morning. is so bad. Yeah. And, yeah. I think that would have been a pretty focal point. Uh, yeah. It's, I think it's a good, it's, it's probably maybe filmmaking choice and you know show not tell i feel like yeah. we could have we would have gotten it more if you would have just showed us it like and not yeah. referenced yeah. it like it's this big thing it's like okay it's not really yeah like <laughs> you're you're talking about this acne problem that we don't see her having yeah exactly so anyway abby gets offended slash upset and runs off into the woods as you do Gretchen, being her good bestie, follows her. They talk about how much, you know, they they love each other, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's always this, and I think it's a little bit more heavy-handed in the book, that this friendship is a little bit sapphic. Can I do mention the word sapphic? Like, there seems to be, like, a questionable moment, like, what the relationship is and sometimes you get that in these teen movies where one girl is idolizing another and they really go for it but mm-hmm. their friendship is a little bit i don't know it's it sits on the boundaries there i think and intentionally so in the book because yeah. of what is about to happen and what happens afterwards you want um grady's trying to create doubt in the book Mm-hmm. and they don't really have that time here. But anyway, they decide to do one last adventure together as they stumble across this shack that has turned into <laughs> turned into a house. Uh, not even a house. It looks like an old factory. Yeah. Like the site of the ritualistic satanic murder, you know. And I, I think that they even make, like, it's a little bit of an inside joke when she's like, wow, it looks so much bigger on the inside. I'm like, okay, that's pretty funny. So they they are wandering through the dark, and uh, they've we've, we're constantly getting this message of evil alcohol in in the uh, in the like zeitgeist of the kids. Like, and I guess it must be like you know, Alco Pops get, getting their first um, their first run because they're like grape flavored and. Da, 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 yeah. da, like, I, yeah. I, I liked the uh, I can't remember them off the top of my head but I, I liked the names that they came up with for yeah. these uh, sweet alcoholic beverages I thought it was great that obviously aimed at younger people and look a smart very look very smart social commentary on Grady's point like this whole every book he has is full of commentary if you choose to look at it and find mm-hmm. it but the girls find, you know, strange things happening in the dark. Yeah, the darkness seems to envelop them. And they come across a strange um, creep. I guess it's a creature. I feel like in the book it was like an altar, right? It wasn't a it, creature it creature. Was, it was an altar and the creature was like in the altar. Yeah, it looked, It's. it didn't visualise very well and i don't think they focused on it very well here it was too far back i was like well because you only got a quick look at it really and you yeah. know what it kind of looked like it looked like uh, the book in hocus pocus real quick <laughs> right because like, oh, like, all you see is the eyeball it's just book sanderson sisters so anyway um abby Abby does what a, a sensible person should do and gets out, 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 and, um, you know, quite quickly and accidentally leaves Gretchen behind. She falls, hurts herself, and gets trapped in the house. Now, I, I thought this was interesting, the way they did that, because Gretchen could hear Abby's voice in the house mm-hmm. and Abby could hear Gretchen's voice out in the woods, and we didn't get that in the book. 
We just got right. Abby running. Abby running scared. Abby running scared. And the asthma thing is not really played up a lot either. And you go, oh, that's right. She has asthma. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like we didn't really get that a lot in the in the movie either. But it's quite um, quite the character trait in the book that she has this asthma problem. She doesn't have her inhaler. She's running through the running through the forest scared and mm-hmm. something grabs. Gretchen and drags her into the darkness. Now, that, that yeah, script mine. Um, that was kind of. Let's go. Like, what? Are you afraid of the dark? Level scary? Yeah, I yeah, feel like was, it could have been more. Yeah, that that was that was a definitely Nickelodeon scare, but it's Nickelodeon still effective. Scary. But still hey, effective. sometimes that are you afraid of the dark? Scary is scary. I'm like, boom. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> But anyway, the other girls come and, you know, try and discover where Gretchen's gone. And I feel like the the search is a bit bigger in in the book as well, but we have to shorthand things, obviously. Well, right, because she, she, like, floats down the river naked or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's, There's nudity. Yeah, like, yeah. There's a lot more, but I guess again, this is some like the PG thirteen version of it. She just turns yeah. up, turns back up, and she's like, "Oh, okay." And I've got to give it to this actress when she gets it right. She gets it right. I think that the director needed to push her more. She had, I think, she had the potential to do more with that character. But this is where I'm going to kind of. I think the problem, and I'm, I'm not going to really sugarcoat it, I think the problem with the movie is Abby, the actress that plays Abby, is not either doesn't have the range or wasn't coached the right way because every reaction she has is the same, whether it's fear, whether it's hurt, whether it's like it's just this wide-eyed. Very Kristen Stewart-esque. Yeah, but there's <laughs> not any really anything behind it is my thing. Like it's performative in a bad mm-hmm. way. Whereas I think the the actress that played Gretchen has those moments and and will have more moments later on. You know who but, she kind of reminded me of was um Anna Sophia Robb, is that her full name? She I think was so, like yeah. Carrie in the Carrie Diaries. She looks a lot like her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, no, like, look, no shitting on Elise Fisher, but I think that had the director maybe pushed a bit more, like, I, I, it need, I think it needs to be a little bit more, I don't know, psychological. But anyway, back at school, as as always, back at school, we uh, we see that things are not quite right with Gretchen. And this is the beginning of when the Lemon Brothers show up at school to show the strength of their Christianity. Strength of Jesus. Strength of Jesus. And Christian, the the youngest runt brother, (laughs) notices something off with Gretchen in the audience. Now, I don't think she was that off, to be honest. (laughs) I feel like... No, she just kind of looked like she's hungover and having a rough morning. They look like she did good sleep. Yeah. But this, and he, and he, this is, yeah, this is where I think we fall off a little bit because the book does it really well in making us question whether something has actually happened to Gretchen, something supernatural, She was atta- or whether she was attacked in the woods because they they do play that up a lot in the book as well, that there are homeless people, et cetera, et cetera, in that area. She could have been raped, rah, 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 rah. Mm-hmm. Or whether this is a friendship fracture and Abby's seeing things that she's projecting onto her. That happens more in the book where we're like, oh, is this supernatural? This, there's a big, like, is this supernatural question for a long time? And I think that they, they've they missed that a little bit. Again, maybe for time, because this, this movie, like, literally sits just over an hour and a half. It's it's one of those. It's like in Out, Shake It All About, you done movies. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that I, we lose that a little bit. 
What do you think? You read the book. I think, I think they show uh, Gretchen's downfall pretty, pretty gradually. I feel like it happens a lot quicker in the book. Yeah, I she's instantly different. Like, and that's, I think we should have seen that maybe a bit more. Like, right, and like she, in the movie, is just kind of like a little bit pale. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, she's just kind of like, she's like eh, it was a bad trip. I'm hungover. I'm not feeling it. And you kind of wonder, was it really just a bad trip? Is she mad at Abby because Abby ran like left hell and left yeah. her there? But you, you got to think, like, Abby thought she was right behind her. Like, I believe yeah. Abby when she says, I thought you were right behind me. Yeah. And I mean, teenage girls, as a former teenage girl myself, we are, we, we are very fickle. We are very pissed. <laughs> and when a Christian is looking at her from the stage, you know, he's terrified. He's visually just kind of like shocked, like, oh, my God, this is happening. And Abby says it to him, like, you look like you saw a ghost. And I don't think she was that bad. Like, when you were, you know, you play it up, she's not looking that rough yet. No. Like, like. Again, she looks like she's hungover. She looks like she had a bad trip. She looks like she's mad at her best friend. But yeah. she doesn't look possessed. And, and th yeah, like, if it was going to be that gradual, it needed more time. Yeah. But we didn't, we didn't, it's time we didn't have. And, you know, and they're trying to show the personality changes pretty quickly. Like, you know, she's mouthing off to the teachers. She's taking a leak in front of the class, like, okay. Yeah, you get a trash can. That was an interesting choice. I was like, okay, that was, Yeah, that was a real interesting choice. And again, it's not that outrageous. Like, I mean, yes, it is, but, like, she's a teenager. We're moody, you know? Like, yeah. who didn't mouth off to their teacher every once in a while? I mean, I can't personally say that, you know, I pissed in a trash can in front of my classroom, but, you know, yeah. if I could go back in time... I guess I'd, you know, try to do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Interesting <laughs> choices. Interesting choices. But, uh, yeah, so we, we get this, yeah, we get the kind of gradual. In in the book, it's like a rotting, really. She she starts to, like, yeah. degrade. She, like yeah. yeah, and she kind of explains it to Abby, like, I, I can't. I can't get undressed. Like it's always yeah. looking at me. Like, and yeah, that he, sounds... there is there is a he that is that she says is watching her. Yeah, um, and you know, let her get dressed. She doesn't want she doesn't want to be seen naked, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there's a feeling of paranoia there, but not necessarily like I I get why Abby's kind of like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like you yeah. sound crazy. Yeah. And the and the the jump to the rape assumption seems a little bit out of the blue as well in the movie, mm -hmm. because we didn't get that you know this is where the bums hang out and drink kind of thing with the abandoned right. abandoned and, place like, yeah right and Wally showed didn't well correct me if I'm wrong didn't Wally show up with the girls like he showed up with uh, Margaret and Glee yeah. So, so, like, you can't really assume it's Wally because Wally's, yeah. I, mean, I guess you could, but in the book it makes it more plausible. Yeah, there's more, there's doubt. That's the thing. There's doubt in the book. Even up until this point, there's doubt as to what's actually going on with mm -hmm. Gretchen. And I think that for what we missed out on with the, with the makeup and everything, show us, don't tell us. We yeah. needed a little bit more tell us, don't show us in this. We needed, we needed to feel it, like we needed to feel her degrade a little bit more and because she's meant to be this pure, like, you know, popular girl, I don't see it happen because in the book she, yeah, she stopped showering. She, like she, her appearance really takes it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Gretchen jump, uh, Gretchen is still like losing, uh, losing the shit, like vomiting on people and stuff like that. But, and I feel like the school turned on Abby a lot quicker in the movie. Than yeah. in the, but again, it's a time thing and I get it. But like when the, the nuns, like, you know, they, they knew you were going to try to defame her. I'm like, wow, that happened really quick. Like they're still talking. 
Like, I feel yeah. like they started doing that when Gretchen was a lot further into the possession and, like, yeah. really kind of yeah. ditching her. <laughs> totally. Totally. But, yeah, look. I feel like it jumped around a little bit to the the whole rape thing. <laughs> I did yeah. like that they kept from the book that, you know, <laughs> the worst thing for uh, Gretchen's parents wasn't that she was potentially raped. It was that she was drinking and doing drugs. Yeah. It's like that was that was left over. That was a good, like, <laughs> it's, it's worse in the book. It's just like, oh, how could she do this? It's like, wait, what? You're like your child was possibly being raped, but you're worried about her drinking. Okay, cool. No worries. <laughs> I kind of liked the conversation Abby had with her mom. Is it true what Nancy Reagan says that one time doing drugs can ruin your life? I'm like, wow, they hit that like right up. Like that reference was just perfectly nailed. Just perfect. I I really enjoyed that. And the mom just keep your nose clean. Like, oh, you think she's doing coke? Okay. <laughs> And then we, we, like, we start to see, I guess, the more supernatural, like, the things are super, like, she's self-harming and stuff now. Mm -hmm. But, again, it's, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I feel like we, we do get that one scene in Gretchen's bedroom that, you know, with the covers being pulled off and her seeing a shape emerge in the, in the um, covers that are on the floor. But I think we needed to see that happen as well because in the book it happens gradually as well. Mm -hmm. Like it's a more insidious, like slow burn, but we don't have time for a slow burn. Right. This you know, cool carnival scene wasn't in the book. I think it was. Was no, it? No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was. Okay. I'm maybe not to this degree, but I'm pretty sure it was referenced. Yeah, look, I thought it was uh, uh, the kissing. I thought it was more about the kissing booth in the book, but okay, it's been a little they, while. Yeah, they no, they it might have focused more on the kissing booth in the book, but the carnival was definitely in the book. Because we're 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 meant to get the idea now that Gretchen, the supernatural powers that are possessing Gretchen, are now starting to reach out and corrupt everything around her. This is mm -hmm. where you know. They they dunk tank Abby and again for like who cares because we don't really we don't really know like about the, right. the and her, thing. yeah and her makeup was fine like it yeah. didn't look messed up like nothing was like running like if you're gonna play up that she's really upset about it like at least make the makeup like dripping off her like looking all screwed up she looked fine yeah yeah she just exactly. looks like a wet rat sorry. It's true, yeah, though. It's, it's just, yeah. I don't know. It, it was a little bit weak for me. And then, like, literally the next day, we get Mingo. Like, Mingo, Gretchen is, is there, mm -hmm. like, styled up. She's, like, ready to. And we like, everyone loves that part in the movie. You know, in a possession movie, we're like, oh, she's going Mingo. This is it. It's happening. Uh, you know, so. Yeah. It's funny you say Mean Girl because the, the shake thing is very Mean Girls. Yeah, so she, she Gretchen is, is taken out the friend group, literally. Um, <laughs> Margaret and Glee both get, uh, you know, dealt with. So um, we've had this, you know, lesbian love affair kind of simmering underneath the fact that Glee is in love with Margaret and da-da-da-da-da. Margaret, who is self-conscious about her weight, which, again, I don't think is really that much of a forefront in the movie. It's kind of like all of a sudden she sees Gretchen with this supposed weight loss shake and she's like, yeah. I'll have it. Like, it's okay. Yeah, in the book it's she talks about it a lot more. Constantly. She's, like, drinking, she's drinking, like, diet soda and stuff, isn't she? And she's like... It's yeah, whole, like, no, she's always talking about her weight. Like yeah. the one reference in the assembly, like I've gained two pounds. Like, yeah. okay, that's like her, like every it's not, like, yeah. conversation it in like the book. It's enough, does it? Yeah, it doesn't. Like, I get that there's time conflicts here, but if you're going to hit the reference, you got to hit it hard. You got to hit it from the get go. Hit it from the get go. Like, yeah. Yeah, you got to make it way more obvious because people who haven't read the book won't know, yeah. but I guess then it's you know, blissfully ignorant. They don't know that they're missing this, like, piece of context that's kind of important to the character. Yeah. Yeah. 
So then Margaret becomes ill. This is this was my favorite weird like it was so cool. Favorite part in the in the one of my favorite parts in the book, but it, uh, they managed to actually do it in the movie. I was like, okay, cool. Obviously, they played it for a lot more comedy in the yeah. movie, but in the book, it's it's sheer body horror. It's like, oh my god, she's like, we see some like she becomes sicker and sicker and sicker and literally can't eat until Margaret, um, you know, opens her mouth and a giant tapeworm emerges that her dog grabs and drags out of her. (laughs) I'm like, oh, wow. That's intense. I'm not much for body horror, but I think I would have enjoyed seeing it a little more gruesome. Right, yeah. But again, that's that's more, you know, that's more goth versus the pastel goth that they're going for here. Exactly. In the meantime, poor... Poor Glee has um, been bamboozled by Gretchen as well. She's had a a love note, an unrequited love note put in her locker that mm-hmm. she thinks is from Margaret. Yep. And Margaret outs her. <laughs> well, I don't know what kind of friend that is, <laughs> but, you know, outs her to the entire school. Mm-hmm. Uh but even though apparently they there was they were like what happened last summer so something happened obviously there was mm-hmm. like a little bit of huh, huh, huh. but yeah. uh yeah so poor poor Glee's upset as well <laughs> but uh you know Gretchen tries to make her feel better with a brownie that just happens to be nut filled now they did mention the anaphylaxis a few times congratulations yeah. so it wasn't as dramatic but right. And it didn't feel, I don't know, she was good here. Like, I feel the girl that played Gretchen was good here, but she wasn't, like, capital E evil either. Like, if she was holding on to the pen or something, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think but in the book, was, like, she taunts her with it or something. Yeah, she taunts her and stuff. It's it's a lot darker. But Gretchen, uh, yeah, Gretchen basically nearly kills her <laughs> so that Abby is Abby is all alone really and and the, the demon which we are now rapidly becoming aware of is uh you know taking over the pig thing was cool I did like the fetal pig or oh, well, what they weren't really fetal pigs they were fucking full grown <laughs> full grown baby pigs that they were kind of dissect that was actually quite cool I feel like they could have played that up a bit more too it was an actual horror moment. I was like, oh, okay. And that she, that Abby had a dream that she gave birth to the pig. And it was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's psychologically different. But you know, I, Abby, yeah, sorry. I missed out on that part in high school. I, I <laughs> We only did frogs, but, man, I skipped out. I, yeah, yeah. Nope. Out. nope, nope, not for me. I wrote the essay instead. <laughs> so Abby thinks the only th- logical thing she can do is reach out to Christian over some yogurt, and um, <laughs> this guy goes like, "I get it. When it's good, it's good. Like I get it." But man, they played that of all the things they could have played up. He wants that yogurt. Up, yeah, he's going for that yogurt. <laughs> he wants that yogurt. <laughs> he, he, that's uh, bad. <laughs> It's so he agrees he agrees to perform an exorcism. He's already told her that, you know, she's possessed. As, as soon as he looked at her, it's like, okay, cool. I have the power of discernment. Yes. Right. <laughs> so they make a very it does seem very out of the out of the blue in this in the movie to mm-hmm. kidnap her, take her to Margaret's parents' lake house and perform an exorcism. And this part is a couple of chapters in the book. Yeah. They, and it, it really gets intense. It gets psychological. It gets it gets dark. dark. It gets dark. really dark. And yeah. I wasn't unhappy with it in the movie, but the book does it, a much better yeah, job. It happens really quickly in the movie. It's like, oh, yeah. we throw a bit of salt. We throw a bit of holy water. But still at this point in the book, we're questioning, is she possessed? Because... The demon lets Gretchen be present, and it looks like he's abusing her, Mm -hmm. like in the book. Like in the book, 
questionable whether he is actually doing the right thing. Still at this point, like she suffers. She suffers through the exorcism, but we don't see that. Yeah. That's the problem, I think. In the book, it goes into great detail about how she is just really kind of going through the ringer through this exorcism. And I get it. You know, exorcisms are supposed to be very grueling and gruesome and in horror they're very dark and tense and scary and again this is not that like if you are looking for an exorcism movie with some real kind of body horror this ain't it this isn't it yeah (laughs) like they shorthand it by you know abby having seen the name of the demon on the wall in the house so she can give the name of the demon straight away and he knows who the demon is yeah so um, Andrus the demon, you know, and, and we get the full description of who Andrus is and the legions he commands. And it all seems to happen really, really easily um, until Andrus takes the form of Christian's dead mother. I actually liked this, but I wanted more horror. Yeah. No, yeah, I liked I it wanted, too. And I, I wanted was... more horror. It's, it, it seems like kind of a little throwback on, like, the exorcism with the demon take you know throwing voices and yeah but again you know that was actually very scary <laughs> and that's enough for christian to leave though like i feel like oh that's awkward well, like, he starts well in the book he really starts doubting himself like i i, I need yeah, to help. He, like, I, yeah. I, I gotta go he thinks he's killing her that in the yeah. book he thinks he's killing her and he's losing his mind because of the demon that he's doing something to her and for the like, and he's never seen again. He's just gone. Yeah, he, he which is random. In the book, he's still part of the. Do you know what I mean? He's still part of the story, but yeah. he just fails in this. It's like, oh, okay. No, it's that's like, it. Yeah, it's a, it's an awkward. It's a bit clunky, I think. But I guess we're supposed to to it's really a, push on the power of friendship and da 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 you know. Yeah, it's, a, it's a rushed um, exit for Christian. It is a rush, and I feel like it's a rush ending as well because the the idea that Abby is left, <laughs> Abby who is Jewish, is, is left to perform the exorcism and adopt a faith that isn't her own in order yeah. to save her friend, and it's more about the power of friendship and the power of belief and stuff like that in the book, whereas she kind of just accidentally stabs him with a fire poker. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. And then that worked. Yeah. Gretchen's gone. She's out. She's like, bye. <laughs> and then I don't, yeah, the end was, I feel like we're like, oh shit, we've ran out of time. To me, that's what this ending feels like because we do get, in the book, we do get Abby's, you know, instead of religious iconography and religious, you know, situations, she does employ the power of the friendship and, yeah, like, recites, like, special moments that they've had and, you know, like, friendship secrets. That's what the, – the power of that is what's driving the demon out, the, the love of the friends together. Yeah, the power of – Purging power the of love. Yeah, you know, the power of love. <laughs> And then Gretchen, yeah, Huey Lewis in the background. (laughs) We couldn't afford Huey after all the other songs. Gretchen literally purges Andrus from her, and the demon is little. He kind of looks like um, Dobby the house elves had a really rough day. (laughs) I found that the myth of Andrus, he was a great marquis who commanded 30 legions that has a body of an angel and the head of a raven cat owl, riding a black wolf and carrying a pointed saber. Yeah, not really what we get. No, 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 no. We, <laughs> we, really got, we, uh, we got the dollar store version of Andres. Yeah, look, animated well, but not, not scary. Not no. scary. No. And the performances from the girls don't really lend me to believe that they're that frightening. <laughs> Like, this shit's going on, and, yeah, everything kind of fell off here for me. I was like, oh, that's a bit upsetting. Yeah. If if you're going to put some money into anything, it should have been this scene. Yeah. Like, this this should have been it. Yeah, and really drive the tension, drive, like, push those actors to give a performance that's 
convincing yeah. because by the end of it in the book, they're both like nearly dead. They're like, Ugh. yeah. But we use an old bottle of liquor and a lighter to. Uh, all you've got to do is set Andrus on fire, apparently, and he's gone. Mm. Hug, and that's really the end of the movie. Like they yeah. they say their goodbyes, and then you know they. That's it. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> like literally, they question whether Andrus is gone, and look, the owl on the we get it. The owl on the telephone wire is suggesting that you know he's still around, that the evil is still out there, but mm -hmm. we don't. It kind of just ends. Like we get the postscript of everything, and ha ha, funny, funny. But it end. It's. I wasn't satisfied with the ending. Let's just put it that way. The book ending is so poignant. Yeah. And. They really cheapened out on that one too. I was and disappointed. I think, yeah, the book ending shows that, you know, some friendships are only for a certain time in your life. Like that time of that time of their life was powerful and it's strong and it mm -hmm. it was enough to defeat evil because it was that limited time that they had together where they were so intertwined and they had it's like it. You know? Yeah. They had they created that magic and that, that strength with their friendship. And the book, yeah, the book is bittersweet in its ending. And I liked that about the book. It wasn't everyone yeah, gets a happy so. ending. Like, it's, it's happy enough. Like, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not an upset ending. It's, just, it's a really, it's a very realistic ending. Yeah, in the, book. the book. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, you, like, it's a very realistic portrayal of a friendship evolving. Teenage friendship else. as well, yeah. like and and realize and realizing that the people that you would die for in your teenage years aren't necessarily in your life when you're an adult at all. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I like I think Grady wrote that really beautifully and captured, as I said at the beginning, captured that desperation point of you know the final summer together or your your time running out and yeah that was really captured well in the book and it didn't really translate into this and the only thing that I could think that would have been good is maybe if this was a mini series and it was two parts. You're like a fear streak kind of thing. Yeah. I could yeah, like, like take us up to the point where we go, Oh, it's actually a demonic possession. And then the second part is more about the possession. Yeah. I think that one, and you could get into more detail with it too. Yeah. Like you can get a yeah, lot exactly. more detailed on a lot shorter time. Yeah. I agree. I think it would have been better as a miniseries. Yeah, like just two parts, like what, even if it was an hour and a half each movie, we would have, I think we would have had time to get to know the characters a little bit more and then the payoff would have been bigger at the yeah, end. And, I don't, yeah. And for like a Grady Hendrix, now these characters are very detailed. Like he's very purposefully detailing his characters. Yeah. It's It's like... That's what he takes his time doing. Like, you care about these characters. And I don't think the movie did it justice. I mean, I liked yeah. the movie overall. I think it's a really fun movie, but I feel like they really did a disservice to his characters. By shorthanding it, yeah. Yes. This is, this is I guess, the trade-off for when you let your art be interpreted by other people because mm -hmm. they're going to they're gonna do what they're going to do to it unless you have complete creative control, which is very rare, unless he was going to direct the movie himself. Um, yeah. Look, yeah, as I, like, I agree. It's not a horrible movie, but having read the book and know, knowing how strong and actually poignant and moving the book is by the end of it, mm -hmm. this falls pretty short. Of, of of what Agreed. the book is called. Agreed. So how many how many tapeworms out of five? Katie? <laughs> tapeworms I would give it a solid uh, four out of five tapeworms. I really enjoyed it. It's a fun ride. I, I love camp. I think camp is probably one of my favorite subgenres of horror. I don't think it gets enough credit. However, for taking <laughs> material like Grady Hendrix, whose stories are very character driven this movie probably shouldn't have come out on something like Amazon. It deserved a bigger budget. It needed so something to give it a lot more oomph. 
Yeah. And or even a limited, maybe even a limited series, like what they did with, I don't know, last right. summer. Like, or or a limited series. Like, it, it yeah. needed more time. I think if it had a little more time to get more deep into these characters, even just the small details that make these characters so important, it would have been a really perfect movie. But it was a, yeah. it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. And it's it's rewatchable for sure. It's still yeah. fun to rewatch. Cool. I'm going to go three. I, I, I do have a problem with the performance of Abby. I feel like it's not, it doesn't give me the layers that the character gave me. Mm-hmm. in the book and I wanted more from the performance like there is a real desperation to save her friend and I don't get that from this actress I don't get her fear I don't get her being other I just it's all very one color mm-hmm. um and look that that could be down to just time and scenes that are cut and the director and all that kind of thing and I don't like to shit on it it's not a bad performance it's just not a deep enough performance for me for the character Abby Um, Abby's a complicated person who has very big problems for such a like I want to say a little person but she's young she is too young to be experiencing these kind of difficulties and yeah I agree with you that actress did not give that kind of performance you don't you don't see the desperation you don't see yeah. the angst you don't see the pain that abby is feeling she, you just kind of see someone who's like i have acne yeah <laughs> but we can't Palmer. really see <laughs> we can't really see yeah. but yeah look I, I, as as we just i only thought of the limited series just then but if we had five or six episodes and you could oh, yeah. really amp it up then mm-hmm. I think this that would have sat better. And they weren't afraid if they weren't afraid to go dark. Because let's be honest, right? We all go, oh, PG thirteen horror. We could we know what that entails. But look at what they did with Fear Street on Netflix. Oh God. That was <laughs> genuinely scary mm-hmm. and horror like capital H horror. Yeah. Like young audiences can handle it. Like it's not yeah, we don't need the Nancy Reagan saving us. Like, they can handle it. And Fear Street is probably, still stands out to me, what, nearly, what, nearly two or three years, I think, since it came out, as mm-hmm. one of the better horror things that we've seen, that we've reviewed. Like, yeah. And yeah. that got, got its chance to play out over three parts, obviously three movies, but. Right. Imagine and- if this had the time that time it would have been more i think it would have meant more to people if if i can give any sort of advice to the people who are adapting his other work is really really take your time with casting and make sure you are just going for these characters because that's that's it that's like yes the plot is important but these this his stuff is character driven it's i think the series is the way to go with the majority of grady's stuff i think that if they can get away with doing it as a, ser- a limited series, like they're doing mm-hmm. with um, Southern Book Club's Guide to Vampire Hunting, that that's going to be a series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess How to Sell a Haunted House could be a movie if it's yeah. done right. If it's done right, but a lot of his other stuff has a lot of character backstory that really matters to to the point and i think there are certain things you can shorthand but this movie proved that there are certain things you can't shorthand as well Mm -hmm. um i did enjoy it i think it's a good it's a it's a good movie it's not horrible but it could have been better so yeah three tapeworms for me and look we always have the book if when in doubt you can always go back and read the book again which is is good read all of his books yeah, awesome. if you have a if you have a favorite Grady Hendrix book, please comment and let us know because a lot of them are becoming TV series and movies and stuff, and we'll we'll have a look at them because we we love him. So thank you for joining me today, Katie, on our little trip back to the eighties. It's been swell, and we hope to see you all again sometime soon. You never know; we might take a trip back to the eighties and review something. 80s tastic suit in all its glory, but more on that later. Until next time, my little friends, keep it creepy and we'll see you in your nightmares.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.